Good evening, Skyla. How are you today? Doing good. Um, a little tired because it's been a week, but um, but yeah. So, so we recorded last week, right? And then before that, we had been we four. Did. It had been four weeks, right? Um, yes. Right. That the whole thing. Uh, a piece of follow up from from a no, very. No, uh, Hmm? Interrupting you. First follow up is the sh- goes the one that is short one, because we have an email from one of our lovely listeners. Oh yeah. Hi Justin. Hi Justin. We're also glad that we're back, and we also love you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot about that because I looked at it a long time ago. But yes, <laughs> uh, that is that is good. Um, from from multiple episodes ago, we talked about operas. And mm-hmm. I went. I went to an opera, opera. theaters mostly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Ryan uh, wrote in to tell us that sta- uh, subtitles in operas are standard, uh, because mm-hmm. which, which is good because the vast majority of the time you have no idea what they're saying, even if you speak that language. Um, so yes. that's good. Uh, he also said fancier operas will have. In certain cases, I think it's tablets or screens where you can um, select your language of a long list of languages and have the subtitles yes. personally in your language, um, which is yeah, and and the, and they're like arranged there, like you know, it's a screen in front in this back seat of, in front of you, and I have it on very good record uh, on very good authority. Basically, a friend of mine went to Vienna Opera. Is that Vienna Opera House is set up exactly this way? That's good. I like that. Very uh, it's got to be like, it's probably expensive and to like set all that up, have a tablet for each seat. Cause it's probably not a small venue. So it's probably a lot of seats. Um, but like, that's very cool. And I want to see it at some point because come over and we'll, we'll I'll, like, we can, I will know, eventually visiting. Yeah, visiting Vienna is like when you live in Budapest. Visiting Vienna is very simple, which I've done. So I've done it multiple times. The only reason I haven't been to Vienna Opera is because I don't, as I've mentioned, I don't like opera. But fair, all fair. the power to those who like it. <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, at some point, I will just like get myself into the Schengen area and go as many places as I can um, within within the no visa and no passport area. Um, even though I will still have my passport, mm-hmm. but yes, um, yeah, you, they still check your identity if you're getting on a plane. Like if you're doing it by yeah. train, yeah, nobody nobody cares about your passport. But the airplane security is a thing. Also, I want to visit that that border between the um, Belgium and the Netherlands, where it's a super janky border. Um, it's two two cities, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's Barlasau and Barla Hertog. I think something like that. There's two cities with an incredibly weird border between Belgium and the Netherlands. Uh, but because it's Schengen um, area, you don't have border patrol. You just have sort of lines going at weird angles across roads and fields that mark the boundaries. And so, and, yeah. and with, within there, there's like multiple enclaves and um, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So I want to visit that just so that I can walk over the border. Just like. <laughs> oh yeah that walking walking over the border is an experience then accidentally getting into like you know getting into a country that you weren't supposed to is also an european experience and then like the one thing that i did once when i was in netherlands and like 
I was very amused by it, and a couple of my friends who are from Australia were extremely amused by it because for us these distances are just absolutely mind blowing. We walked from city, like from town to town, on foot, and technically, formally, on on the map, it was two different towns. And for us, for people from Kazakhstan and Australia countries with completely different scales that is just like walking from town to town you do it if you're like on i don't know on some kind of spiritual hike or something <laughs> but when you're yeah. in netherlands just that that's like 40 minutes because we walked from hague to ricewijk and it was very oh, yeah. funny oh yeah i've got it's a long one of list the stories of i like to tell i want to visit it's like um brussels amsterdam and then just like all the places in europe um and the, all the all the weird borders, and take a train over multiple international borders without showing any identification. Um, like, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I, I I can absolutely see the appeal why you don't want to do that. Can't wait, can't wait to have you over. Anyways, is... we have more follow up from Ryan. Yes. So from episode thirty, last episode, um, I realized we don't actually number our episodes. We do for us. But the viewers mm-hmm. never actually see our episode numbers. So last episode was episode 30, right? Um, do the math. So um, from Ryan, uh, we got it wrong. Democrats are a donkey. Republicans are an elephant, at least in the U.S. Uh, I don't think any other yeah. country has this sort of political symbols, like animal symbols for political parties. Um, and I believe my response to this was, I am not ashamed of the fact that I got this wrong at all um <laughs> and and my response was well i have a perfect excuse i'm not american <laughs> i don't have an excuse i just um you just don't care i just don't care enough but yeah fair enough but this did get mentioned in the last episode um mm-hmm. the way colors are, are sort of weird when it comes to political parties um and yeah i couldn't find anything as proof for this but ryan said and he wasn't sure but it's um it got mentioned um, in the year about 2000, maybe before, a uh, blue and red were not tied to either political party. Um, instead, it was um, incumbent and the yes. challenger. Um, yeah, yeah. The blue represented the incumbent um, runner or the party that was currently in power. If it wasn't necessarily someone running for re-election, and then red was the challenger for that election. Um, but I did see it on Wikipedia and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fair warning, this is Wikipedia, so it's not, um, confirmed, but I do kind of trust Wikipedia when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Um, it does say between the early 1970s, and 1972, most television networks used blue to the note states carried by the democratic party and red to the note states carried by the Republican party in presidential elections. Um, this universe, this unified color scheme then began to be implemented with the 1996 election. Um, and then in the weeks following the 2000 election, they started, people started referring to red and blue states to refer to Republican or Democratic voting sort of states. Um, mm-hmm. And then more observers started to latch on this association. But the thing with this is it's completely backwards from the way the rest of the world does it. Because. Well, mm-hmm. oh, you did more research. Okay. Because. There's an entire Wikipedia article on political color, right? Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Turns out that. the the association. So when you think of red representing a political ideology, um, red for that's communism. A lot. Well, 
Yes, but that's like to me, red is Soviet Union. I'm sorry. Yes, and well, and okay, well. I'm going to read you the first sentence of this section on the Wikipedia article. Red is often associated mm-hmm. with the left, especially socialism and communism. Yeah. So yeah. so it's specifically like not not just communism, but like you know you had red scare all that sort of stuff because that's what we used, um, and that denoted just that sort of yeah very leftist sort of political ideology um and that's why in canada and the uk and australia and so many other countries the conservative party is red is not red no the conservative party is blue yes mm-hmm. had that backwards the conservative party is blue um in in the uk the labor party is red um mm-hmm. i think yeah and talking about labor party i have a follow-up of my own and i have to mention it until i have forgotten my sincere apologies to our british listeners i have messed up the labor and wigs because i had it in my head because that the like you know the main um kind of like the antagonistics uh, antagonistic part the key antagonistic parties were tories and wigs and tories are like current Tories, the Conservatives, and I kind of like just extrapolated that labor, la- Laborists are Whigs. Well, no, I couldn't be more wrong, uh, because uh, there are like, first of all, there is the um, uh, deformed, uh, retired uh, Whig party, and then now there is the modern one, the revival, actually, and uh, it's a political faction and then a political party, and they're liberal. Uh, so the Whig Party is a political party in England, which is intended to be a revival of the Whigs that existed in the United Kingdom from 1678 to, six, to 1868. So the original Whigs existed for like two centuries. Uh, no wonder they have left their print, um, you know, they, they, they imprint in literature because that's where I've kind of like... yeah got the reference and um their political position is according to wikipedia is center and their color is light blue and they have a very lovely uh fox on their logo so um there you go laborists are not called they don't have nickname as weeks i i was wrong apologies yeah but um this is the sort of thing where red um is left and this this has existed long before um, sort of the U.S. political parties messed this up, but red for a long time has been um, associated with left-leaning, and there's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down about why left and right even is a thing in politics, uh, which I didn't do research on because I didn't want to go down that rabbit uh, hole. L- okay, left and right, it's coming from French Parliament. If I don't, if I have my memory straight. Because that just was how they arranged themselves in the actual room. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and that, and that it's probably stuck. honestly tracks with the way that um, the U.S. Congress organizes themselves within when they're in session. Yeah, that, that um, the, the the left and right terminology. That one is again speaking from memory. So. If we got it wrong, we will follow up on next time. But that one is certainly coming from French Parliament. Yeah. Uh, also, if, if we're if we're being honest, if we're talking about the U.S. parties, right? Neither major party in the U.S. is actually left. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna blow past this because I don't want to really talk about partisan politics in depth. But um, the Republicans in the U.S. are far right. 
Um, there's a worse word I could use to describe them, but I'm not going to. Um, the Democrats are near right, because if you actually look at it, neither of them are really progressive. But, blowing past that, um, Blue, um, talking about political cutlers, Blue associated with center-right or conservative parties. Um, and this started with the Tories in the UK. This be, like Blue being associated with conservative is, is because of the Tories. Um, oh, okay. When they were actually called the Tories, not just the conservatives. Um, and so that's the whole thing. And then you have you have actually this Wikipedia article, which I probably need to put in the show notes, um, has all of the colors, like black, blue, brown, gray, green, magenta, purple, red, white, a bunch of colors. And they all kind of associate with different things. And the funny thing I, th- the funny thing I found is... It's not just a coincidence that the Green Party is always green. It's because green in political ideology is associated with um, basically eco-politics or environmentalist, like that sort of thing. So, of course, it's going to end up that way, but the Green Party always represents some sort of environmentalist party. So... So... Ryan, first of all, like, you know, uh, not first of all, but like, just I wanted to thank you for sending the feedback. It's really helps us because it gives us more stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I do enjoy reading your feedback. And so going on, Ryan sent us even more feedback. Follow up. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to read this verbatim uh, because I have no experience with what he's talking about or not, not personally. So I think it's. Uh, so I'm just going to read this, like, mostly in its entirety. Uh, he says, I'm going to advocate for New York City public transit. Not necessarily because it's great. It's not great, but it's still by far the best in the country. Uh, but because it is one of the few cities in the U.S. that isn't entirely designed to be traversed only by car. And in my opinion, it is also one of the few cities where public transit isn't looked at as the thing, qu- quote, the poors do, which is kind of the case elsewhere in this country. Everyone everyone uses the subways and buses because, for most things, it is the best way of navigating through the city, particularly if you're going into or out of Manhattan. It still does suffer from the problem I would say most American cities suffer from, where most of the transit is designed to go from different boroughs into downtown Manhattan, and as such, you run into situations where the Bronx and Queens, two different bureaus of New York City, are um, literally right next to each other, but there are no subway lines connecting them. Um, and having ridden on the U-Bahn in Vienna, Ryan says, uh, I would say that that was overall a much better experience, but New York is largely not designed to be traversed by car, and most people who live there do not own cars. Uh, he also says the MTA, which stands for the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, uh, kind of sucks, but that's more of an issue of it being jointly funded by the city and the state of New York, with the state of New York taking MTA funds to fund other things upstate. Because upstate New York is pretty conservative and hates having their taxes raised. Taxes raised. Um, so. Oh, dear Lord. Whole thing about New York City public transit. My two cents All in right. this would be, just because it's the best in, in the country does not mean it is good. And I think Ryan was basically saying this. It's not great, but it's still by far the best in the country. Like, I would agree with that. But it's still. Yeah, it is what you like, have. Um, it, there is a big, it is a big positive, as Ryan says, that it's not just something that poor people use. In so many cities, mm-hmm. public transit only exists 
basically for people who cannot afford cars um or or have that's any, like any other means of public like of getting around so only the 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 lowest class of any city is are the people who uses i can talk today are the people who use public transportation i'm i'm tripping over my words here but it's fine um so you have the whole thing it, it, you end up getting this sort of class divide along with the like that sort of socioeconomic divide where you know who is in a lower class bracket because they're the kinds of people using public transportation um that's not as true in that New York is City, as Ryan that says, is but, certainly yeah. not a thing in budapest because in budapest like many people have cars yeah and, but having a car is expensive and uh but then if even if you can afford a car you often opt not to have it just because it doesn't make sense because Budapest public transport system is good. Yep. Like, okay, yeah. I have my own uh, list of gripes and complaints about the M3 line. Uh, but because it's just like mostly, you know, it's because I, that's the line I live on. Um, you know, the, cl my, the closest metro station to me is um, seven minutes walk away. So it's very close and it's the M3 stop. The blue line and um, that metro line has been in renovation of one source or another since 2018 and whenever the, re the, the certain portion of the station of the uh, of the metro line is in renovation what do they do they replace it with buses and i get motion sick on buses so and it is like such yeah. a hassle like you get into the metro you take four stops then you have to get out go up get on the bus suffer in the bus then go down then go down again like into the uh, m3 line so until they are done with it i'm avoiding m3 line which is extremely inconvenient because that's where i live you know that's the line i live on and so uh but generally uh the whole thing that it's even being renovated is already brilliant because before 2018 there was a local website it was a local joke and it was uh the link said in Hung the, the 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 URL was in Hungarian. Is the M3 on fire or not? <laughs> and yeah. you go there, and it would say yes or no, <laughs> because okay. it was like it, <laughs> because the M3 line was just an actual disaster zone and had multiple electrical fires, and there were like closures. Sometimes you go like you know you're on your way home. And it's like, oh, M3 is closed. Oh, oh, like, you know, the train is late. Why is it late? There was a fire somewhere there in the tunnel. It's like, oh, righty. And so, yeah, seriously, I, I think I have even the screenshots from somewhere. There was an actual website. Is M3 on fire or not? <laughs> it's got to be. Is that like the Budapest equivalent of when you're taking the overground in London and you get leaves on the track? Because I know that delays, um, that delays trains in London. Um, uh, not in London, just in England. Well, actually, that delays trains in general. It just happens to be a thing in London. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess that, but uh, that that's and and right now it's being renovated. So you know, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's a really good thing. But what types of transport do we have as a part of the system? So we have the metro, as I've mentioned, underground tube, however you call it. Here it is called. People call it metro. So so that's it's weird. So because in certain cities you will have a metro which is a bus system, and that's called the metro. 
Um, no, why would you have a bus called Metro? Well, Metro is underground. No, okay. Well, I might have this wrong. It's not necessarily buses. It's sort of on-road trains um, because they follow. That's called trams. Yes. Okay. That's what that is. It's a it's a city tram, um, but it's it's on it's on the same level as the road, um, and in many cases yeah, it's on the, the surface, tram, but that's tram. The tram track is next right next to the road, um, but it's called metro, like uh, specifically Minneapolis. Maybe that's maybe that's an American thing, because here in Europe, if you say metro, everybody will think you're going underground. Yeah. Fair. I wonder if London has anything called the Metro because my my um my point of reference for quote unquote good public transportation systems is London. Um, well, London would never call their system they, their underground Metro because that's what Paris call like Paris underground system is called Metro. Of course, London would call itself Tube. <laughs> well, it is it, quite literally it is a tube. Um, so yeah, but uh, it is literally the two. But the French, uh, the Paris underground uh, metro, uh, and the Paris metro is the oldest in the world, I believe, and um, or second oldest. But basically, yeah, and 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 and, and it's called metro, and uh, with the whole famous England France thing. That's why I'm kind of like chuckling because it's it's you know these days it's it's uh, of course london's not peaceful. gonna name anything after what the paris people named it precisely and the other way around so uh but here like uh, okay budapest underground thing where you have where you go down underground there are railways there are cars carriages and that's called metro there are four lines of them the m1 being the oldest the M4 being the newest, and um, they're respectively yellow. M M M1 M1 is yellow. M2 is red. M3 is blue, and M4 is green. Uh, on the map, they're lovely. My favorite lines are M2 and M4 because they have air conditioning. They have lovely Italian carriages. Ooh. They're very quiet. They're very comfortable. Nice. The, you know. And they have air conditioning. In summer, it's extremely important. Then we have trams. They're nice and yellow. Uh, the way they are organized, that's kind of for your explanation for your benefit. And apologies if I'm over explaining, but there are there are like tram like tra- railways, tramways yeah. in the middle of the road. Yeah. And on both sides, there are uh, cars. Yeah, so so yes. So I I don't have a ton of exposure to something like this because I haven't really spent that much time in larger US cities. Like the biggest city mm-hmm. that I've lived in is Huntsville, Alabama. And it's not that big. It's it's a suburban city basically. Um but I spent a little bit of time in Minneapolis. Uh like visiting that sort of stuff and so I saw they have they call it the the Minneapolis Metro. Um but it is it is that sort of tram thing where the the track is in the middle of the road. At certain points, you have you know road crossing that goes over the track, um, mm-hmm. and you'll have stoplights that coordinate that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and and here the tram stop stoplights are different from the car stoplights, the tra- traffic lights. Uh, they are not colored. They're just these. Uh, they're in this like they are positioned above the track, above the uh, tramway tracks, 
and they are like white dots. One dot, two dots, three dots. They're not colored. Ah, that's weird. And car and if you're driving, that's not that's not that's not weird. That's part of the international traffic code, because ah. those are the same everywhere. Like the tram traffic lights look ex- in Budapest look exactly the same as they look in Almaty. And if you're driving, you Fair are enough. ignoring those. And if you are a tram conductor, you're ignoring the red, blue, red, green, uh, amber. I would imagine because I would imagine mm-hmm. because people who who drive trams or conductors um, are more specialized than people who drive cars. It's easier for people in cars to ignore the white dots, and people who drive Correct. trams are trained to ignore the traffic lights. Correct. That's, and that's also actually if pretty if smart. When yeah. you when you're on a in a tram, you have a priority by default, no matter what tracks, what traffic lights tell you. Because, I mean, a tram, like, you know, for example, like a good friend of mine uh, has been learning to drive recently. And I was like, the biggest, the most important advice I can tell you, I can give you is like, no matter what markings, no matter what traffic, let's say, tram always has a priority because it's a massive yeah. iron box like, yeah, on you railway car, tracks it's if you think a car is a death machine a tram is a death machine like yes no tram 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 trams are incredibly safe for people like but but it's on tracks it can't go anywhere yes. else <laughs> so and it's huge um but yeah that's we have trams here we also have buses buses are blue uh, all of them uh uniformly and we have trolley buses and the clarifications for our American listeners, because again, thank you, mighty Wikipedia. Translation. Uh, uh, the apparently in United States of America, a trolley can be referred to a tram. So when I say trolley bus, I mean a thing, a vehicle that looks like a bus but doesn't run on petrol; it runs on electricity, and as a result, it has like these two uh antenna like long horn things that are attached that are attached to the electric wire that runs overhead and that's where the name is coming from because they have these horns they look like little trolls hence the trolley bus that is that's not the etymology i thought it would be but that's that's pretty nice so but trolley buses drive on the road so they're not they won't yes they drive on the road they have they have tires they are not on the track yes but they're attached, they're attached to the, uh, they have a battery. So if the horns fall off, sometimes they do, uh, it, it still has some power to drive itself. Uh, or, like, or like most of the time, what happens if the horns fall off is that the driver gets out and reattaches them. I've seen it happen okay, multiple like, times. If they're on the road, there will be certain situations where they're not directly under one of those electrical lines, right? Because it doesn't run over every single uh, road. But it, it no, it doesn't. But that's why the trolley buses they have routes. They follow specific routes, like bus do. It's just like they have okay. less capacity for diversion. Okay. And so, so but and then so the if, yes, if they have to have the electrical lines over them. Yes, they do. Okay. They all do, and they like they have the bat- battery like. But that's for diversion in case of emergency. No, normally it's like you know the trolley bus is just like goes. Like, you know exactly where it's going. That's, you know, and uh, that's why actually, like, I like the, um, in the order of my personal preference, the metro and then the tram would be my preferred ways is because they're, like, because they're on tracks. 
You yeah. know exactly where they're going. There is a nice map. There is a nice set of stops, and it is extremely easy to follow. Especially if you're if you're into like, new to the city, like if you're yeah. a tourist, with the buses. Like even in London, where I speak the language, where I can find my way relatively well, still I'm nervous to get on a bus because, like, God knows where that thing would go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, it's it's extremely irrational, but that's that's the thing. It is With on my bucket list. That... It is on my bucket list to go to London and be and ride on the top level of a double decker bus. But yes. Oh yeah, that's 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 an easy feat, and uh, yeah. but generally. Uh, the trolley, so the trolley buses, they're kind of semi-predictable. And then and then uh, we have a seasonal type of public transport that goes in spring and summer, uh, because weather-wise it makes sense. There are boats that go up and down the Danube. That, so uh, that would be... The, the river cuts right through Budapest, right? Yes, it's in the middle. Okay, so that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's the Danube is in the middle of the city. It separates Pest from Buda. And it's... Um, the closer you're to the river, the fancier it is, effectively. I keep talking about Minneapolis, but um, Minneapolis and St. Paul... In what state is it? Minnesota. Like, I have, like, I have no it's, idea. Uh, St. Paul is the capital of Minnesota. So so what okay, it is, you I'm have the Mississippi... I'm pulling up the map because I have... Um, you have the Mississippi, right? Um, uh-huh. And it cuts. So St. Paul and St. Paul is on the east side of the Mississippi. Minneapolis is on the you west. You say St. Paul? That's no. not what I'm thinking about. St. <laughs> um, Paul is on the west side of the Mississippi. Minneapolis where is on the is, east. And where is Minneapolis? They are. Where is it? They're called. Oh, okay. Um, they're called twin cities, because they oh, they function almost as one big city. But Minneapolis sort of has the business and the commerce and the sports team. Um, and St. Paul is oh. the capital of the state. Um, and so okay. you, it's, it's that sort of and thing. And then there is Bloomington. Well, yeah. Um, it's on the map right next to them. Yeah. But when I'm you talk about the, the, right the twin cities of, of Minnesota, that's, that's what you're talking about. So when you mention that Budapest is split into two parts, split by the river, that's what I think about is... Okay. Even though St. Paul and Minneapolis are actually two different cities, where Budapest is just one, um, it used to be two of... different towns. It, it used to be two different towns, but it merged like centuries ago. Yeah. But it's so the, the Budapest is, uh, and, and you keep saying Budapest, and I keep saying Budapest because you know it's it's Shane Hungarian. But Budapest is it's a it's a it's a combined name. Buda is Buda, and Pest is Pest. So. And then there are like um, neighborhoods in um, in the city that are, for example, called New Pest, We Pest. And then there is um, there is another uh, neighborhood on the Buddha side. It's called O Buddha, and I don't remember what O means right now, but it's also like you know de- derives from Buddha and and Budapest. So basically, it's a compound name of the city. And yeah, we have. Uh, boats of course they're not as frequently traversing or as uh, sophisticated as the venice um uh, water trams and i'm like trying to remember the name for those those are amazing gondolas because and no no gondolas are for tourists who have too much money to spend no if you go to venice if you go to venice you yes. are riding those water trams 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's a boat. You get on it, you get off on it. You you have your ticket and you have your like a weekly pass or, or weekend pass or uh, so uh, pass, uh, and so on. But like they're just like boats, medium size, and you can you just stand on the deck and wait till they get you. And they're like you know, there are seats and you or you can stand, but mostly you bet but you better be seated. And then they stop and they behave exactly like buses, but they're on water on channels because and that's the way to get around Venice. Unless you have very, very strong feet and you are comfortable with getting lost. Because that's what happens to you in Venice. Yep. You get lost even with Google Maps. Venice would scare me. Only because, like, I'm not, like, afraid of water. But that much sort of just... That would be... Vaporetto! That's, that's the term. Ah. Yes, vaporettos. The water buses of Venice. And, uh... I like that much water. Well, no, Venice is lovely. I've spent. I'm sure it is. It was amazing. I'm sure it is. It's just something about that. Just like, it's weird to have a sort of like floating city. It's it's just kind of weird. It's Uh, not floating. That's the thing. Yeah, I've been to. I've been in Venice. My word, I've been in. I've been to Venice ten years ago, but I've been. I've spent there ten days. It was. And I've been told by the concierge of the hotel that I'm where I'm staying that this is extremely unusual and he was very proud of me. I was like, okay, thank you. Nice. That's an expected statement. And but he's like, he's local. He's like, you know, he was born and grew up in Venice, and like, you know, and he was like, a bit, I think like he was a bit miffed that the tourists come for just a weekend. Like usually you go to Milan, and then from Milan you go to like a weekend trip to Venice, and that's it. And then. I guess he was happy that somebody's spending more time. Like, yeah, it's it's an extremely undescribably beautiful place, even with all the crowds of tourists. Yeah, like even those can't spoil it for you. And yeah. well, and and the thing is, like it was ten years ago, so the low coaster flights weren't that big of a deal at the time. So there were like fewer tourists, and I was a little bit like I was at the very end of the season. It was. Um, September September like I think it was September because Biennale was still on and it was the Biennale year and still it was just incredibly beautiful yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll go back there again but this time I want to do it in winter because I have seen a series of shots of wintertime Venice and it it looks just in like it has a some kind of like very spooky vibe to it but like in a good way i don't know how to describe it so yeah anyways where was i budapest public system it's very yeah. good so it's very detailed so to recap you have the metro yes. which is underground which yes. is electric yes and then you have the tram which is also electric yes. which is on track which is on the road Yes, it's and, on the surface. And then you have the trolley bus. Okay, Which so are also does the tram also have that thing where with the antenna where it connects to an electrical line? Yeah, because okay. that's where it gets it. That's where it gets electricity. Because like the the whole thing of the third rail that the third like the rail on the ground like there is the third rail in the middle that is powered is actually like way more dangerous. So yes. trams get their uh, the trams get their power source from the rails, 
from the wires on top. The only thing is that the divide, like the whole appendage that connects the tram to the um, wire, looks different, shaped differently than with a trolley bus. Fair. Because with a trolley, it has to be flexible because it's not on tracks. But with a tram, it's like it's kind of like this. Um, it's fixed. Yeah. It's fixed and it's kind of like it's 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 shaped completely differently and um, but yeah it still gets electricity overhead. Nice, that's good. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so so the tra the the tracks, the tracks in the ground are not powered, so you can step on them. That's fair. That's probably a good thing, given that cars might be driving over them. Um, in, in pedestrians places. forget cars. Pedestrians are walking <laughs> over trams. Fair. That's true. <laughs> um, and then, and then you've got the bus, which is an actual just bus. And then we've got the bus that are on petrol. Yeah, they're the usual buses. Gas, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, petrol. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it took me way too long um, because a BP is a thing that exists in the US, but it stands for British Petroleum. But everyone yes, just knows it as BP because we call it gas in, in the US. So. Yeah. yeah, petroleum. Petroleum. I think it's Latin word for oil, actually. Like crude oil, and Fair. petrol is a derivative from it, and petrol is the gasoline, and uh, that's why you call it gas because ga your gas is not gas gas that is like the like the sub the the, um, the phase of the state of the substance, but yeah. it's shortened from gasoline. Yes. And but I think uh, I prefer to use petrol just because it is less confusing than gas because like if I say gas, I'm thinking methane, ethane. Yes, because gasoline rest. refers to um, certain um, organic compounds such as methane and ethane um, and certain things, which is weird because um, the majority. Are of... you sure about that? I'm not. Okay, no, I'm not. But it's because what I heard. methane and like no, no, because like gasoline, it's a compound liquid. Yes. Because like when you yes. when you take petrol, it doesn't consist of one specific organic uh, compound. Well, this is what I'm and saying, though. This is what I'm saying. Is, but um, methane and ethane don't stay liquid in uh, at the atmospheric temperature and pressure. It's mixed. So it with, can't be that. It might be. It might. It's something. But it is. There's this whole thing about um, ethanol and octane. Um, because but yeah octane that, that that's octane rating that's like that's yeah like uh, wait that's the something completely different no okay gas octane gas, rate is gas contains octane right i don't know what i'm talking about um octanovich's wait a second like uh, octanovich's law of gasoline is uh it does contain octane because octane is like you know, that's the compound that is like stable enough to be liquid in the atmospheric temperature and pressure, but it's still a, a mixture. So it's, um, <sighs> wait a second. So it is, it's, 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 a, it's a compound mixture. The primary ones being is isooctane, butan yes. and ethyltoluene. So, yeah. And the, but the alcohol, the eth ethanol, the alcohol, it is used there as an enhancer. Like to raise the octane octane number, so it is like to get it from like you know from ninety three to ninety five. Yes. Which is don't ask me how those are calculated and what those means. Uh, what those mean? Uh, octane rating actually, but um. Yes. So so the the main ingredients in gasoline are are, are um, isooctane and butane, 
but you add mm-hmm. ethanol um, because um, higher increase. amounts of ethanol um, change the way that it runs in certain cars. So different cars need a different rating. Normal cars usually yeah. take um, 85 or 87, which does... It's, what? That's not a percentage. Um, but it's no, so, no, 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 no. Like that low? Yeah, well, that's... Okay, I fill my truck up with 87. That's that's what it is. Jesus um, Christ, the savior. No, that's normal. I wouldn't give that's my what, car. That's what the I manufacturer my... says to put in the car. Wow, I wouldn't give my car anything lower than 92. No, but but the thing is, um higher amounts like of because... ethanol um actually lower um it's I could be totally wrong about this, but what I've heard is higher amounts of ethanol lower the efficiency because the engine burns octane. Um, that's that's what burns. That's the part that that is the most important part of the gasoline, and so higher amounts of ethanol is basically a um, for. Uh, uh, Skylar, we might be using the numbers, but we probably are talking. It could be yet again another discrepancy in the systems between U.S. and Europe. That's fair. In the U.S. I like most cars are filled up with 87. If you have a sports car, it might be it, it would just be called premium, but it's a different sort of thing and you, you wouldn't really I care think you're 87 as much as I you think just... you're 87. Yeah. I have a, some kind of like niggling feeling that uh your 87 is what I'm talking when I say 92. I don't know. Um, but, but here, you don't actually pay attention to the numbers that much. Like, some people do. But you have two types of gas at most gas stations. Ignoring diesel. Mm-hmm. Because you know if you need diesel. Most people don't. But normal gas. Um, you um, People will know if they need to get unleaded, which is normal, or premium. And um, if you're driving a norm, quote-unquote normal car, you get unleaded. Which is usually 87, I think. And then premium will be higher or something. It might be. I could be wrong about this. Hopefully we have some sort of okay. car enthusiast listening that can give us all the follow-up <laughs> on this. Um, Ryan, if you happen yeah. to know about cars. Um, We're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Look, I'm just right now trying to remember, like, to recall the image of like when I, when I drive up to the petrol station. Me too, there are yeah. four of the pumps. And the black one is diesel. Oh, uh, here, then there the, are th- here diesel is always green. Always. Well, that's confusing. Yes. Uh, because then the next one is... Uh, and the rest ones are like... Um, the rest three are 92, 95, and then 95, 95 extra for this podcast, if you fancy so. That's I yeah. think. I think that corresponds the, to the, what I'm calling ones. 87 and whatever the other one is that I can't remember. Yeah, most like I bet you, I bet you, it's again United States picking its own weird system and confusing the heck out of me. Just like seriously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most likely that's what's happening right now. And but ho- however, of course, this state this comes with a disclaimer because I have like because I have corporate car. I use only Shell stations because that's the ones that I'm supposed to be using. Maybe you guys have Shell petrol. Yes. I thought that was just a U.S. thing. Um, there, no, Shell is a, is a Shell is a British Dutch company. Of course, it is present here. 
Because we actually do have a lot of Shell gas stations um, in the U.S. Yeah, well, Shell Shell's downstream business is a pretty big one, so of course they have they have presence everywhere. Because that's that's the gas station I will go to most of the time if I'm actually yeah. taking a trip. Um, <laughs> that's, yes. No, no, Shell is uh, it's seriously it's a, it's a, it's a it's a UK Dutch company. Fair. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh. Uh, I I know too much about major oil and gas uh, yeah. companies. But but so here's the confusing part. Ga- uh, diesel here is green. Unleaded, like normal unleaded is red, and then premium can be any number of colors. Uh, but that's all we of the time. Know, the, this... Most of the time you can see it is yellow. Um, mm-hmm. But it goes. Yeah, it comes out of the what... same handle as the regular one. Um, it go. It flows through the yeah. same pump. I think. Um, it just depends what you select. It's so funny that you keep saying unleaded because, like, le- like isn't it isn't lead leaded petrol like just banned yes, everywhere? Yes, but it's days? still called unleaded. We still call it that. Yeah, but I, I, I've, ne- I, I, I don't think I've heard anyone say that in. That's the thing. I, like... That's the thing. My entire life, it's been called unleaded. Like it's like it's like calling it but the HomePod like, no, Mini being... because the HomePod doesn't <laughs> exist. It's the same thing. It's like leaded, leaded petrol is illegal, um, but um, it's still called unleaded at most gas stations because that's yeah. what it's always been called. I don't. Th- yeah, I might be wrong just because like I kind of like don't usually have conversations about petrol with people. Maybe it is called unleaded. I'm we, just not aware. How did we get off onto <laughs> this tangent again? Uh, from buses. Okay, fair. Because I, ke- I kept saying petrol, you kept saying gas, and that's how we went there. Okay. So fair I enough. actually can't backtrack. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, long story short, if you live in Budapest, you don't have to have a car. Of course, having a car is extremely comfortable, and I have a car, and I have to say, I kind of like have very mixed feelings about it. But um, because on one hand, it's the combustion engine and the petrol and all that. On the other hand, there are so many instances where I have to have a car, mostly for my own safety. So that's um, the other factor. And also, um, like, in certain situations, it comes extremely handy. So ideally... Whenever I ca- I'm able to, I want to switch to electric car, and that's the compromise I'm living with right now. And yeah. as I've been telling earlier to Skylar before we started recording, whenever possible, I try to leave the car in the in the garage, and yeah. I'm taking the public transport. Or because now it's warm enough, I'm riding on my electrical scooter. I'm scooting all over Budapest because all over Pest, I have to say, because Pest is like actually very well suited for, you know, using a bicycle or rollerblades or rollerboard or no, not rollerboard, skateboard or scooter because it's flat. If you live in Buda, tough luck because Buda is very hilly. Is it is, is Pest actually on the east side? Yes. So you can actually read it left to right if you're looking at a map? Yes. That 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 is satisfying. Very satisfying. Um, also, is the scooter a kind <laughs> that has a seat on it, or is it like standing? No, it's standing. Okay. It's standing. What's the brand I name? I have. It? It's it's. 
I'm 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 only curious because I also have an electric scooter that I've used to scoot around my college campus. Um, uh, uh, I need to look it up. It's uh, mine's a Gotrex, uh, probably an American company. No, mine is Xiaomi. Yes, that's the one. That's oh the yes, one. my shit. I have Xiaomi Mi Pro. I've heard of that. Yes. Uh, yeah it's lovely it's like uh it's it's very very lovely it's foldable and while it's heavy it is still not as heavy that i can't lift it and like heave it into the tram because that's what i did on on the on friday actually like when i i scooted from the tram to home because the tram stops like almost two kilometers one and a half two kilometers yeah. away and while it is perfectly walkable distance after work it's much more comfortable yeah. to just whiz to do this distance like in five minutes Fair so enough. it uh but yeah it would be lovely to do. because mine also folds but the folding mechanism kind of popped out at one point so i don't fold it anymore no, this... and i taped it together um because mine's probably a lot cheaper than yours um, but it would be lovely if, if one of these folding electric scooters sort of like had a, like a backpack strap that you could just, you could like sling it over your shoulder once it's folded and like, that would be a good way of doing it. But that would also probably would be logistically difficult for them to do, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be comfortable for you to carry it because it's a very rigid structure and it has to be long sure. enough. So, but yeah, so it's still, it's, it's like, I can carry it with effort, but I'm, tr- I'm looking at it as like, you know, that's a good weight exercise. You're lifting these 12 kilos and going up and down the stairs, <laughs> kind yeah. of like building my upper body strength. So, um, see, I got a bike lock for mine. And so when I would scoot to, if I'm going to like my dorm room, this was back when I was living on campus and I will be living on campus again next semester. Uh, when I'm going to my dorm room, I will, you know. Just roll it in, go up the elevator with it, take it to my room, because that's where I plug it in, because it's electric. Uh, but if I'm going to mm-hmm. a class, I will leave it outside and lock it up on a bike rack. And I've got one of those Ooh. rigid, uh, like, U-locks, so that you mm-hmm. can't just, like, mess with it and get it off. Um, and that's yeah. secure, because I don't want to carry it into the classroom. Um, well, yeah, that have slightly different situations, so, like... I roll it in the office when yeah. I get to the office and mostly, but and thing is like when I do errands, I try to plan in a way that like, I don't have to leave it unattended because I don't have a lock at all. And so far I've been able to get away without having any lock. And, uh, I remember once, once it was actually quite funny, like uh, last summer, uh, we agreed uh, to, with my friend that to go to an art gallery. And then I looked up and the art gallery didn't have any, like, you know, the wardrobe in the art gallery, they said that they don't permit uh, scooter storage. And I know that art galleries, they're very, very, they're not that helpful. So I said, okay, what do I do? So uh, basically, I left my scooter behind in my in the bookshop where I usually go because the people there like know me well enough and they're extremely nice. I was like, and I came like I like it was Saturday, so I came in to pick my order as usual because there is always some books to for me to pick up. And I was like, sorry, do you mind if I leave this uh, for, for a couple of hours? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I did that once, 
Uh, but mostly, yeah, mostly I try to kind of like um, plan in a way that if I need to go somewhere indoors for a long time and I know that there is no place to where I could leave uh, the scooter, I just take the metro or yeah. a car, yeah. one or the other. So it's kind of like the scooter is certainly not the primary type of mean of transport for me the primary one would be yeah it is still a car but it's just generally it's it's not like i go much anywhere you know yeah the best case scenario like the the, the, the most comfortable way is like on a on a sunday or on a, on, a, on a weekend me and my friend we agree to meet somewhere in the center for lunch or just like just to kind of walk around and chat uh to go to a park and instead of taking my car and then stressing over parking in the city center, I just take my scooter. And then if we're having lunch, we usually have it because it's summer right now. Uh, we sit outdoors. So the scooter is just standing there and that's it. Extremely comfortable. Nice. Nice. Um, my, my honestly, like my um, kind of long term plan is to figure out a way to get to a some some sort of big city in europe preferably london um and once i'm there i know if i'm in or near london i probably don't need a car um well we touched upon it last time you won't be able to afford it even if you needed yes. it i mean i will be a student so i won't be able to afford it definitely not um but i i also won't need it at all um mm -hmm. which is good oh because because in london they've got the entire transport system and then you've got like um you know trains and stuff like and i can get other places and for in crying out loud without a car if needs if needs be there is car sharing there's always car sharing that's what i'm telling myself is that yeah, there so is it's uber, like yeah. no no i'm not talking about even uber there are like all these local uh places where you just rent a car by by the hour yeah fair i, I could also do that but like I, getting other places in europe from london i'm sure there's some sort of way i could i mean i could probably take a plane <laughs> Um, but there's always sort of oh some God, way so, I can get into Europe. You sound so funny to me. Um, what do you mean? Some sort of way. Some... Make of it course, work. there is. There are multiple ways of getting from place to place. Yeah, I'm just thinking because in the U.S., if you don't have a car, your options are limited. Um, uh -huh. Because also, well, like, you can't get to the airport if you don't have a car. In many cases. Um, wait. Won't a taxi take you there? I mean, you can. Um, but in a lot of cities, the taxi system oh, well. is poor or non-existent. Um, Wait, in, what? In a lot of cases, if you need to get somewhere... I mean, I mean, we have Uber, right? You you get a random stranger to drive you to the airport and you pay them some money for it. Um, uh, wait. Yeah? So, but... What do you mean taxi systems are bad? Like, there are no taxi companies? There are, so, like, I don't know, in bigger cities this might exist, but again, my only, the only cities I've lived in are suburban cities. Like, you know, well, my yeah, hometown right, right, right. in Huntsville, Alabama, right? Um, and I've seen it in, in Springfield, my hometown. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, there are definitely some yellow cars with things on top of them. Uh, that will drive you places. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh -huh. but, and that was a while ago. I haven't seen them in a while because we have Uber now. It's like you download the app and you ask some random stranger to come pick you up. 
and I've used that a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, um, Uber, Uber, Uber came here to Hungary. Yep. And then there was a massive debacle, and it yes. was pushed out, and now yes. it is came back, but in a different way. Because you and guys don't need it because you're not the U.S. Because you guys have public transit. And also, the taxi lobby is big; is strong here. Yes. Let me tell you. Yeah. When Uber came here, at some point when the taxi companies realized that they're losing their money, it was such a big deal. They were like, we had taxi driver protests in the city center. It was it was chaos because everything was blocked by yellow cars. This, this is because why, here in, here- yeah, this is why like things like Uber and Lyft have not failed, but they're not doing as well in Europe. As they are in the yeah, US. and they have to they have to cooperate. They like, basically they have to follow local legislation, and like with all the licensing and and safety permits and all that jazz. Yeah. And here it's like here in Budapest, the rule actually is like the, the that's the you know, municipality rule, like the, the the rule of the city, I guess. Like I don't think it's a country level law, but city like, ordinance. My, so, yeah, my, my, my experience outside of Budapest is extremely limited, so so apologies. But here in Budapest, all taxis must have license. They yep. all must be yellow. They have to have very clear markings. They have to have this light thing on top. And they all have these the same meters that and they all charge exactly the same amount of money by this using the same rules. And the only thing that differentiates them is just like level of politeness and availability are they all owned by the same uh, company no they're like there are like there are at least three different companies that compete with each other so the government sets how much they can charge on their meter or yes. they just all have to agree to charge the same amount no 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 no. it's the the, the 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 rates are governmentally like you know the rates are fixed and they're dictated by the government does the government um are the companies somewhat subsidized by the government like no that's I, well, okay, I'm saying I'm saying no, but I don't think so because you can also be a free and these days you can also be a freelancer taxi driver with Uber, but you still have to get the license and the meter. Yeah. And exactly. even if you're getting even okay, so for example, I have Uber uh, application on my uh, on my phone as the last resort. Oh, actually, no, wait a second. What am I saying? It's not Uber. It's Bolt. Maybe Uber is used here as well. I use Bolt, but like even if you use Bolt, uh, even if you use like this hail like right hail like this applications and is that the it, it will be a yellow car that will come to pick you up it will be a licensed certified driver and it will have a meter and you know exactly how much you're paying yeah so it's i love this actually because it's extremely predictable it's regulated each taxi driver like the when you're sitting inside they have like their license number so if something goes wrong you can like com- like you know you know exactly who to complain about but mostly, the only thing to the only thing that I'm unhappy with is that the I get motion sick in taxis. But the, that's not the driver's fault. It's not the car's fault. It's just like the whole thing with uh, me <laughs> reacting to the t- typical smell of a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it is like my vestibular apparatus is being a bit too sensitive. So it's like, and uh, generally. I guess uh, generally like the taxi is quite nice here of course it's expensive but tell me what is not expensive so uh, and it's on petrol so but and talking about getting to the airport 
you can get by bus to the airport of Budapest, I have to admit, and I'm like, you know, I guess like showing my privilege here, never done that. And I hope I will never have to just because it's a very, very long bus ride. Fair. And it's on a bus. I would just... Is there not a metro line uh, to the airport? No, no. It stops like the M3 being the longest. It goes like halfway. But then you have to get off it and then go on that bus. That is weird. Mm, it's just like because the, the airport is just so far off. Because if you put the tr- yeah. if you put the metro track, like who would go there? I mean, to be fair, so it, it's like it's, 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 it's like a lot of airports for a lot of cities where it's labeled as that city's airport, but it's completely outside of the city. It's not like London Heathrow. It has to be where it's in the middle of the city. Um, Heathrow is not in the middle of the city. It's not like London Heathrow where it's actually inside the city borders. Um, well, look like again. Is. It's just like in in case of Budapest, it's not that far out. And it's, uh, like, uh, it's city, it's still city borders. It's just, like, nobody lives there. And, Fair. like, I kind of, like, disagree with you on, with your statement that London, like, that, that the Heathrow is right in the middle of the London, because it is not. Not in the middle. London City Airport is, yes. uh, is in the middle. Mostly, it's still like it is like it's closer to Isle of Dogs, like to Canary Wharf, like the city airport. But Heathrow is pretty far away. I mean, of course, it's not as far as Luton, the most cursed of airports around London. Uh, but still, like you have to get like and and the only look, it's all defined by the size and the traffic. Like, yeah. It does make sense for to have the direct express lines to Heathrow and Gatwick airports just because they're so massive. But if again, the whole reason why like I have such strong dislike about Luton is because I had once to fly into Luton and then to get into the city center to, to the zone number like to the first zone of London. And let me tell you, it was a like it took me almost as long as the flight from Aberdeen to to Luton and then from Luton to like Kensington. Yeah, it was. Just no. <laughs> yeah. Well, Luton and Sunset are outside, but like you have the greater London sort of boundary, right? And Heathrow and London City are within that boundary. Um, I think. Um, look at the map. Just like, you know, look at the map. Like it's Heathrow is within boundaries, but it is right on the edge. It is. It is. I, I think I was getting is, confused so... with London City when I said it was in the middle. Exactly. But You're yes. confusing with the city airport. Yes. <laughs> and the city airport is like, you know, I, I have to admit, I've never fly, flown from there to where just because, like, the flights I take never go there. Usually it's Heathrow. Yeah, Usually and then, Heath- and then... Like, Heathrow, Heathrow or Gatwick, like, seriously. Yeah, Luton and uh... Sunset are actually way far out of London, um, despite being called London mm-hmm. airports. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't live in London. I hope to eventually. Yes, you really, really hope to, because that's the second episode you keep talking about it, yeah. and I absolutely understand you. Yeah. Um. So that was very, very long-winded, convoluted uh, explanation of public of public transport of Budapest. I hope. It's useful if you come visit, but if you come visit, dear listener, drop us a line. I'll be very, very happy to uh, help you navigate the city and maybe give you a tour. 
and certainly for sure will show you my favorite bookshops. You know, I tried to keep this episode under an hour. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs>